The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please go to www.folfcrc.com. Well, good morning. It's my pleasure to be here this morning. Um, I'll introduce myself a quick second. My name is Brian Branderhorst. I am a teacher at Valley Christian High School in Cerritos, California. I teach sophomore New Testament and junior worldview apologetics and ethics. I also get the privilege of coaching the boys' basketball team, uh, so that keeps me busy. I see some familiar faces here as students I had uh, several years ago, and that's kind of fun to see. You know, I sometimes I go to different churches. You don't expect to know, am I going to know anybody here or not know anybody here? But I'll say this for Fountain of Life. You guys are an incredibly hospitable group. You can just walk in this room and sense just a good sense of love and um, encouragement and fellowship with one another. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me here. So it's Advent season, and with Advent we anticipate, we look ahead, we're always thinking of something coming. You know, we particularly talk about the coming of Jesus Christ in Christmas. And so we light these Advent candles. I see you've done some of that here, and you know that these candles represent hope, love, joy, and peace as the things they represent. The other thing about Christmas time and this Advent as we look forward is also the second coming. Uh, You might know or might not know that a lot of the original Christmas hymns were actually written as hymns looking forward to the second coming. Um, Songs like Joy to the World, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Come Thou Long Expected, Jesus are examples of the authors writing songs looking forward to the second coming of Christ. And so again, we anticipate, we look forward, and that's going to be the big theme I want you to get this morning about faith looks forward. We're always looking forward as we continue to read in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, So here's the good news. Here's the gospel. Um, Pastor Matt asked me, make sure we have a a gospel-like call and message. He said said, that's important here and I appreciate that. So here is the gospel. Christ has come. Christ is going to come again. By his grace he saved us and by his power he's going to make all things new. We live in a world here that focuses on now and instant satisfaction and what is going on here. As Christians redeemed by his grace and empowered by his spirit, we don't just look now, we look forward. We anticipate. We are a forward-thinking people. Um, I just pray that as we do that, our neighbors, our friends, those who aren't convinced of this good news will see that hope and the love and the joy and the peace that Advent and anticipation brings, that they would sense that in our hearts, that they would see our actions that are propelled by this forward-thinking and as well be attracted to our Savior. Uh, before I really get into this, I'd just like to pray just for clarity and focus and for connection here. So let's pray a sec. God, we thank you for your word. We thanks for, uh, for Hebrews chapter 11, for the example of those heroes of faith. Just pray for um, this morning, the time we have together. Just pray that my words would be um, a reflection of your heart, that, um, that hearts would be open, that you would shape our thinking shape our actions, that we'd be inspired where we need to be, convicted where we need to be, and that we'd be led by your spirit. So we thank you for this chance to uh, dig into your word a little bit and to study this this morning. In your name we pray, amen. So I appreciate you reading Hebrews chapter 11. I know that was uh, 
a mouthful. That's a long passage as we go through here. Hebrews 11 is often talked about as the hall of faith, some sort of a pun off of the hall of fame. We see all these different heroes of the faith and, and what they're doing. You see some common themes in this chapter. One prepositional phrase we see over and over is by faith, by faith, by faith. It seems that most every verse starts with those two words. You see that faith is doing um, some other themes and things we'll look at as we go through here. But let's just start at the very beginning of this chapter. So I don't know if you continue to have your Bibles, if that's something you like to do. But we see in the very first verse, he simply defines faith. You know, what is faith? He says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I think a couple, a couple you know, misconceptions of faith possibly that are out there. One is that we simply think of faith as a set of beliefs. And that's a good place to start because our faith is our set of beliefs. We believe that God created the world. We believe that he sent his son to redeem us and to save us. We believe that he's coming again. These parts of faith are important that we have this set of beliefs. But I think it's, it's more than this. And we'll keep, um, we'll keep thinking about this. Some people think that faith is simply wishful thinking. Oh, you Christians, you know, you believe in God and you know, like you, you're hoping for eternity and you, you long for heaven and you think that God's going to make all things better. And you know, like it's just wishful thinking. It's blind hope. That is sort of a misconception in my opinion of what faith is. If that were all it is, consider these scenarios I just was thinking about in terms of what is wishful thinking uh, for us. So what if, talking about wishful thinking, what if you knew absolutely positively that Bank of America stock, which is currently at $17.62 a share, would triple over the next five years. What would you do? Right? You make an investment. Okay? You, you think forward. What if you knew the absolute certainty that there's a new vaccination that would rid us of all cancer? Would you take it? Right? You make an investment. You look forward. And what if you're guaranteed that eating a Krispy Kreme donut every morning would decrease body fat and increase muscle tone and, and add length to your life? Right? See, these things are wishful thinking. And, you know, we would like to hope to know these things. But in Christianity, we're not just talking about wishful thinking. We're talking about investing, investing in the promises of a trustworthy God, a God who is faithful, a God who has come through time and time again. You know, another thing people think of faith, people think faith is good feelings. I spent several years with my wife doing youth ministry at Long Beach Christian Reformed Church where we're members, just up to 405 a few minutes. Uh, we spent a lot of time with high schoolers, and I spent a lot of time with high schoolers, obviously, in my job. Um, but I get this sense, and I have students come to me and say, Mr. Branderhorst, like, I just... I don't, my faith is weak right now. I don't feel God like I, like I used to feel God. I don't have that connection with him. And that troubles me because I think a lot of people think that faith equals good feelings. It's like an emotion. It comes and goes. And so the students say, you know, I was at, when I was at winter retreat, Mr. Brandohorst, like my faith was just so strong and now I just, I don't know if I feel it. The apologist Lee Strobel says that faith doesn't equal good feelings. C.S. Lewis agrees, and he says that faith is the art of holding on to things your reason once accepted despite your changing moods. 
So maybe faith isn't just wishful thinking. Maybe faith isn't good feelings or just a set of beliefs. Um, the thing I think we see in Hebrews chapter 11 over and over and over is faith looks forward. And so we'll look at some of these heroes of faith. If you're an outline person, I'll move on to point two here for a little bit. So we see these different heroes of faith. And as I counted through here in chapter 11, depending on how thinly you slice them, you see about 20 people or 20 people groups that are mentioned throughout the Bible. And you notice he just goes in chronological order from the old into the new. And some of them really catch my attention particularly. They might be my favorites. Uh, For example, one of my favorites is Noah in verse 7. Uh, You think about Noah and you think about by faith Noah built an ark. Okay? Now this isn't just faith that had like good feelings. I can't imagine Noah every single day getting out of bed, going outside, going to work and building the ark. Now, depending on who you talk to and the estimates and things like this, some people say it took them up to 100 years to build the ark. Others say it's more like 50 to 75 years. But either way, we're talking about a massively long time. I mean, what an incredible amount of faith that continued to work on something. He must not have had good feelings every day. It wasn't just a set of beliefs. It was forward thinking because he knew what was coming. He was thinking ahead. Moses, in verses 23 through 28, if you look back to that particular section, another one of my favorites, he says about Moses that his faith was worth more than all the riches that Egypt could give him. He said, you know what, I don't want to be the prince of Egypt, I could be one of the most powerful people in this world, but yet, you know what, that's not what I want, it said, because he was looking forward, he was thinking about eternity, he was thinking about bigger than this world. He was thinking about the coming kingdom of God. You know what? I don't need this worldly stuff. I'm thinking ahead. Another one of my favorites in this passage would be the Israelite army. Uh, Later on as it talks about their battle with Jericho. Can you imagine how embarrassing that must have been to march around that city? All right, you're going to take this city. We just want you to march. And then we want you to yell. And we want you to do it again and again. And again, there must have been an incredible amount of self-doubt and wonder, like, what are we doing here? But they were looking forward. Clearly, faith for these people and all the things they did were not just wishful thinking. Wishful thinking doesn't produce action. I also really doubt these people felt good about what they were doing. There was probably lots of doubts, lots of questions. But you see, their faith was in investment. The things that set these faith heroes in such regard, I mean, the fact that they made this chapter, is that they did not look down. They weren't looking down. They weren't looking at the doubters. They weren't looking at the labor that they had to do. They weren't thinking about the poverty that they lived through. They were looking forward. So let me move on to that third point. I think sin looks present. We live in a world of instant satisfaction. I look at my life and my sin and the things I struggle with, And I I look around and observe my students and the world we live in. I think so much of our sin and our battle with sin and our failure comes from the fact that we look so near. We think about things and how they are and we look down. We're a world of instant satisfaction, of instant coffee, fast food, video on demand, high-speed internet, instant pain relief. It's this desire for instant that's the root of so many things. Think about these examples of some of the sins that we see. Uh, The sin of lying. Why do we lie? Well, 
we're looking now. We want out of this awkward situation now. So yeah, you know, that dress looks great and I love your haircut. We don't want to deal with now. Okay? We know this. When we lie, we put our troubles in the future, but we lie anyway because we don't want that conflict. We don't think about the long-term loss of trust. I think about sexual sin. In so many ways, sexual sin is about instant satisfaction. I want pleasure. I want pleasure now. This makes me feel good. We don't think later about the consequences, about the pain, about the separation. We're thinking about now. In terms of substance abuse, so many people struggle with alcohol and drugs and so many other substances and addictions. People often think about the buzz. They think about the high. They think about how it feels, but they don't think about the consequences later. I think one of the big handicaps we have as sinful, mortal people is we so often look now. We look to the instant, this instant satisfaction. Think of gluttony. We love the taste in our mouth, but we don't like the feeling we have in our stomach later. We don't like the, you know, the product of this. I know I had students yesterday, our last day of school, Friday rather, all this candy. Like, here's a cupcake, Mr. Branderhorst, and here's some fudge my mom made, and here's this, and here's that. It all tasted pretty good right here, but later in the afternoon, it wasn't, um, wasn't the best feeling. Uh, my last example is anger. You know, anger is, is instant satisfaction. We want to give full vent to our anger. We want to release anger. We're looking now. We're not looking to the future and the brokenness and the regret that it causes you probably see this in people around you, unfortunately, people you care about. You maybe want to grab them by the shirt and shake them a little bit and say, hey, like, let's go. Like, do you see where this is leading you? Do you see where this sin is taking you down? Like, sin looks now. Sin is blinders. We don't see the future. But as we transition, we think about faith. People of faith look forward. So while we oftentimes get so focused on here and now, Sometimes we're able to lock in, look to the future, remember God's promises, stand under what he has said he would give to us, and we get our heads straight. Um, So I think worry looks around, fear looks backwards, and faith looks forward. When we're we're people of faith, we always look forward. Consider Colossians chapter 3. I'll read just a couple verses, and it talks about thinking forward. It says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It says, set your hearts on things above, set your minds on things above. Let us be thinking, forward thinking. Romans 8 is similar. Verses 5 and 6 say, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So where are we thinking? Are we thinking of flesh? Are we thinking of pleasure? Are we thinking of future? What are we thinking about? So back to the key text as we look at Hebrews chapter 11, there's a a subtle theme, maybe not so subtle, depends on how carefully we read it, of all these heroes of faith and the thing that connects them. So we look at Hebrews 11, back to verse 7. 
If you, if you look back in your Bible and pay attention carefully, it says in verse 7, By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. He hasn't seen it. He's looking forward. Therefore, in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. Then we go to verse 10, and we see another example of this, and this particular theme about faith looks forward. For he, it's talking about Abraham in verse 10, was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And he's looking ahead. Verse 13, if we skip ahead a few more verses. It's more of a general verse. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They saw them far off like they weren't tangible to them. Many of them didn't receive the promised land. They had to wait. That was just an idea. That was a hope for them. Verse 26, we skip ahead towards Moses. It says, he, that is Moses, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking ahead. People of faith look forward. So let me um, wrap this up with some application things. So, you know, it's been kind of abstract in the, okay, we got it now. We're looking forward. We're looking ahead. It's not just wishful thinking, but we're investing in the future. So what does that look like? I'm going to give you a whole bunch of ideas and maybe some of them encourage us, inspire us to, you know, think a little bit differently about faith. Um, the quote I have here is live with the end in sight. I believe that's written down in your bulletin outline. Um, Live with the end in sight. And this was always a, a favorite quote of mine growing up because it helped me keep the priorities, priorities, like live with the end in sight. Initially, this quote was all about sports for me. Uh, I remember growing up in Pella, Iowa, and uh, in the fall, as we're getting ready for basketball season, I was playing for Pella Christian High School, and our coach would make us run lots of sprints. And because my coach made me do it, now I make my players do that, and it's it's awful. At least my guys, when they complain, I say, well, at least guys, you're doing it in 7 degree weather and not in 25 degrees and snow. So we're out behind the school running on the soccer field, running sprints back and forth and back and forth. And we all had stocking hats on and mittens. And you, you know, you get too hot, then you take your hat off and the steam rises off your head. You know, the, the snot is, you're trying to, you got the sniffles and you're trying to hold it in and your fingers are numb and your lungs just burn. I don't know if any of you have ever run sprints in the cold, like it hurts, but we're running and we're running and we're running back and forth and back and forth. And he kept waiting for him to blow his whistle, but he just again, 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 and we kept on running. And the only thing that kept us going was the idea of live with the end in sight. So you're thinking about as you're running sprints Friday night in a warm gym with a packed crowd getting ready to play that game. And that anticipation, that thinking forward, allows you to deal with now. So suddenly these sprints and this torture, okay, I don't want to over-exaggerate it, but it was, it was tough, okay? It's bearable. In fact, it's encouraging, it's hopeful, it gives us strength, it gives us camaraderie. And so we live with the end in sight, that's an important quote to me as I try to live my life as a Christian, as a person of faith, trying to think 
forward. So when we live with the end in sight, um, we're given this gift of faith through grace. Ephesians 2 tells us that, right? Like, this faith is not from ourselves. This is not something we produce. It's something God gives to us. Uh, John Piper says about grace that grace is power. It's not just pardon. So we see this grace acting in our lives and this grace giving us motivation and fuel to live a life. And this isn't done on our own. So I don't want us to be misconceived like, okay, I got to try harder. I got to do this. This is saying, God, I want you to work through me and start to produce this faith and this life of obedience. So here are my several you know, points of application. Like, What does this actually look like? When we live in faith, looking forward, I think here's one thing we'll do. We'll focus more on our spiritual life, focus more on the health of our soul than we will on the health of our body. You know, I think if you look back at my contrast before, this world focuses so much on health, diet, correct? Gym memberships, you know, uh, healthy eating, and all those things are good. God has given us this body. We should care a lot about our body. But if we're forward thinking, we realize, you know what? My body's only going to live so many years, but my soul's going to live forever and ever and ever. So we say as a person of faith, I'm going to be more concerned about reading my Bible, spending time in fellowship and in prayer and in worship and fasting and solitude and silence. I'm going to do these things that really produce this healthy soul. And I'm going to be more concerned about the music I listen to and the television shows that I watch as they affect my soul than I am about the, the gluten or the carbohydrates or the other things I put in my body. We're forward thinking. We're thinking about eternity. We're thinking about our soul. The next thing of application, just think about, okay, forward thinking people will spend their money differently. I think this world, sin is about instant satisfaction and getting what we want and getting it now and feeling good and shiny and presence and, you know, all these sorts of things that give us this instant satisfaction. He says, store for yourselves treasures in heaven. We're thinking forward we will invest our money into things that are going to live on forever and ever and ever. So we say as Christians, I want to invest my money into people, into ministries, into programs that are going to bless people, that are going to bring people to Christ, that are going to take care of needs, that are going to administer God's grace, and these things go on forever and ever and ever, whereas, you know, I could buy that fancy car, but it's going to rust just like the regular car. And its tires are going to go bad just like the regular car. So where do we spend our money? Forward-thinking people might spend their money a little bit differently. Uh, the third thing I have listed in terms of application. As forward-thinking people, we ought to be most concerned about the salvation of others around us. If we're really thinking towards eternity, we're thinking towards future, we love our neighbors I get to love my students and my athletes and the people in our churches and the people in our communities. If we're really forward thinking, we'll be concerned with their souls, with their salvation. We'll be quicker to share the good news and let our lives be a testimony to them. Here's one I wrote down for students and, and younger people in here. I think that's particularly um, good for them. When we're forward thinking people, we, we worry more about respect than popularity. That's something I say to my students regularly. See, students are always worried about popularity because it makes them feel good now, right? 
if you're thinking about the future, if you're forward-thinking people, you're worried about respect. See, respect doesn't go out of style, does it? Respect is solid. Respect is good. Respect is, is longer-lasting. Popularity comes and goes, doesn't it? Popularity comes and goes really fast. Forward-thinking people seek respect. Next one, for all of us, we think about, okay, forward-thinking people. Forward-thinking people are more worried about people than product. I know I get caught up in this. I'm guessing other people get caught up in this. In being task-centered people. In doing things. In producing things. In, in getting a promotion. and making more money. And, you know, for, as a coach, winning more basketball games. You know, like, what are we produce? We're always trying to do things. We write down lists and we check them off. We feel good about it. If we're forward-thinking people, we're worried more about people than product. I'm worried more about investing time in my children than I am trying to go make an extra buck somewhere. Because people last forever. We're, we're thinking about God's promise and God's future and eternity. I mean, because in the end, when it's all said and done, like I say to my students all the time, People are going to care very little about what you did. People are going to care a whole lot about how you changed them, how you affected them. Did you make them better? Did you inspire? Did you encourage? Did you bless them? The next one. When we're thinking forward, we'll be God-fearing people, not people-fearing people. I think you notice that in all these people in Hebrews chapter. They were fearing God. He was their main audience. He was what they were playing for, not for the, the audience around them, not for the people. They weren't afraid of what other people thought about them. They were afraid of what God thought about them. Their respect was in the right place. As parents, here's a good one for parents when we're forward-thinking people. We're thinking more about our kids' character than their comfort. It's easy as a parent to just try to make our kids happy. Right? I, w- I want my kids to be happy. I want my kids to have fun. Like, are we worried more about their character than their comfort? We're thinking forward about who they're becoming. Next one. I believe that um, our work becomes worship when we're forward thinking. Our work might become worship. Sometimes we get caught up in our jobs. And I don't know where everybody works or who works and things like this. But sometimes in this country, work can be viewed as a necessary evil. I got to make a buck. I got to pay the bills. I got to get through this. Just living for the weekend, right? I'm grinding through Monday through Friday. Got to get it done. Just like, it's just a chore. We're four things. So you know, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what it is. Work is worship. I'm forward thinking. I'm thinking about the people I'm blessing. Thinking about my coworkers, the people who work for me, the people I work for, my customers. May our work be worship if we're thinking bigger picture. And here's my last one. When we're forward-thinking people, the, struggle, the struggles, the trials, the tribulations of this life are bearable. Sort of like the conditioning and the running sprints if we're thinking forward. See, this, this world is messed up, right? We, we experience death, and we experience divorce, and we experience disease, and brokenness, and poverty. And we look at the brokenness around us like, okay... We could look down at this and we could look around and we could be in worry or we could be in fear or we could look forward and say, you know what? But God's making all things new. He's fixing it. He's changing it. It gives us hope. So if you're going through a tough time, I think it reminds us, okay, lift your head up. Get your head up high. 
Walk with dignity. You know what? God is walking you through the valley of shadow of death. You're not going to stay there. He's fixing it. He works for the good of those who love him. This isn't a permanent situation. All these things when we begin to look forward. Reminds me of a line from the great hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Um, I think we'd be able to sing and say these lyrics with confidence. Um, and Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. Right When we really see it. My faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. You know, it is well because I'm looking towards the future. God is fixing it. He's changing it. He's making all things new. So may this season of Christmas and anticipation cause you to look forward. May your looking forward propel you to action and bring you hope, joy, love, and peace that satisfies your soul. And may all those things be a light to the world around us that desperately needs it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the example that you give us in your word. Um, thank you for the example of these heroes of faith. We just pray that you would, uh, by your spirit, change us more and more. Give us focus. Give us vision. Uh, that we wouldn't be fearful and look just down. But that we would look forward. That we would hope in you. That it wouldn't just be wishful thinking or set of beliefs. But it would be an investment investment into the future. And so, God, we just ask for grace when we fail, and we pray for grace that would propel us towards love and good deeds. In your name we pray, amen.